right. Welcome to episode 62 of Roll or Die. We have had judo, we have had Muay Thai, and although we are a jiu-jitsu podcast, we have never had a wrestler on. So today I bring to you Mr. Connor Evans. The, uh, with over 15 years wrestling experience, represented Australia, Scotland and Britain previously, and also represented Australia at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. Thanks for joining us, Connor. Welcome. No, thanks for having me, guys. Wow, 15 years experience. Now, you look about 15 yeah. to me, man. So did you <laughs> the womb or what happened there? It's, um, yeah, it's, it's actually longer than that. I, um, I, I'm assuming that's off the absolute bio that's that you've got. the absolute page. Yeah. Yep, it is. <laughs> um, so I, I started hey, when I, did I was my homework. Six. Come on. Come yeah. on. <laughs> um, I started when I was six. So I've actually been wrestling for about 21 years now. Um, yeah. So obviously started in Scotland. Um, I thought it was WWE when I started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so turned up to my first session and thought I was going to be the next Undertaker and yeah. turned out not to be like that. But um, mm-hmm. when I got there, really enjoyed it. And I was beating up kids that were a little bit bigger than me. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is something I can kind of get behind. And then just stuck with it from there. And mm-hmm. um, So wrestled for about nine years in Scotland and then moved to Australia when I was 16 with my family and just continued when I got here as well. Brilliant. That's pretty much <laughs> and um, wrestling is not really much of a mainstream sport in Australia. I mean, jiu-jitsu certainly isn't either. It's headed there maybe, but, um, like, there's not a lot of wrestling around. Um, no, why do you think that is? Um, there's a bunch of different reasons. Um, sorry, I think my laptop's just restarted. That's okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a bunch of different reasons, like, Firstly, it's not really, like you say, it's not mainstream in a lot of the Western world, other than maybe America. Um, as well as that, you, you can't really make a career out of wrestling unless you go like down the coaching kind of path. So I think by the time a lot of people get past the age of maybe like 16, 17, 18, and they discover they want to go out and start drinking, wrestling's not as appealing to kind of do, unless you're looking to follow like, as a coaching or like MMA or jiu-jitsu, kind of going down that road. Um, as well as that, I, I think one of the, the barriers for us is like, obviously the singlets, um, it's not <laughs> the nicest uniform you have to wear. So I think going forward, if we were to start implementing like, um, rashes and board shorts for competitions, we'd probably get more people involved in the sport, which I think would be a, a good idea. Um, and as well as that, even when you're on the national team, a lot of your trips are still self-funded. So if you have to go for shoes to compete, um, it's just another barrier that makes it harder like um last month we had our final olympic trial so um that was held in tunisia um so kind of north africa um i, I qualified the spot for the team but because of the lockdown and all that sort of stuff um the price of flights jumped through the roof so i think for me to fly there it was about eight and a half thousand dollars return and it's just money that i didn't have like sitting there yeah. So as I say, like just um, financially, it's not really viable. Like, can I follow a wrestling kind of career path? Well, yeah. so what, yeah. what had you like, as you say, like it's a difficult sport to stay in. Like if you get interested yeah. in it, you're having a great time, but then you've got to go through this awkward teenage phase and fashion becomes yeah. important and then you don't quit from that. Like what had you stick around in this sport for so long? Um I don't. I actually did quit for a bit when I turned eighteen. I think it was like uh, when we first moved to Australia. Um, I had a bit of a bad run 
in Scotland with like things that happened outside of wrestling, it just kind of put me off a little bit. Mm. Um, so when I got here, I kind of I was like, oh, I'm stuff that I'm done with wrestling for a little bit. I'll go just enjoy myself, and then um, I think I went to watch the it was the Commonwealth Championships were being held at Monash Uni. And so I went and watched a bunch of the Aussie guys compete. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll kind of get in the edge for it again. I'll go back, I'll train, and then see what happens. So I think within a year of training again, I made the Aussie team um, in 2013. And since then, I've just kind of stuck with it. Awesome. Wow, fantastic. And so I guess, yeah, we are a jiu-jitsu podcast. Um, <laughs> would have to obviously ask you some jiu-jitsu-related yeah. questions. And I'm... I guess it is fairly obvious how it translates to the no-gi game. What are your thoughts around wrestling for someone that does predominantly gi? Would you recommend it that's something to, to yeah, include definitely. in your game? What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I would say so. I mean, the, the way I look at it is, like, if you can get a broad kind of variety of experience, like, and any kind of takedown, like, um, so like judo, wrestling, all that sort of stuff um, it's, it's going to help your jiu-jitsu even if it's just being comfortable being thrown at the ground you know what I mean like if mm. if you know how to break fall properly you can like say for example like you've you've locked on a submission and someone's getting ready to slam it's like if you know how to land that slam you could probably still hold the, the um, submission um, it's going to be an advantage over someone that like freaks out every time they get lifted off the ground and then you know what I mean like you, you just you got that body awareness where you feel comfortable being taken down as well as like looking for the takedowns as well so yeah. um and that that doesn't just apply to like gain no gain. it's like any kind of grappling like I, I think the wider your range of experience is the better chance you're going to have to be well-rounded definitely yeah for sure what would you say would be if someone was mostly a jiu-jitsu player that was not doing wrestling classes specifically or was looking to add to their game, what would be, say, the one or two takedowns as a wrestler that you would recommend someone sort of go for in jiu-jitsu to learn? I think, like, looking at, um, I think, it may have even been Lockie that showed me, was um, the stats from the last ACC. I think 90% of takedowns, especially in Nogi, were um, double legs. So, obviously, like, your double legs acts like your bread and butter for a wrestler. And I think it's... It's, it's quite useful for jiu-jitsu as well because if, if you do it properly, you can almost pass to side control on double leg. Like you're not going to get caught in close guard if you do it properly. So um, yeah. definitely I think double legs and even transitioning to body locks off a of double leg is obviously a good option as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might not completely double leg, but you've got options to move um, to, to body locks or like single legs and all that sort of stuff. So to give you a, a bunch of different options to secure the takedown, I think double legs are the way to go. Yeah. Um, obviously, the only issue that is you might get guillotined on the way in, but if you do it properly, it's a little bit harder to get guillotined, I guess. Yeah. What, what, how, how far has your jiu-jitsu journey gone? Have you been um, you, you uh, jiu-jitsu as well? Um, I've trained a little bit now. I've started training a, a fair bit more MMA, um, but my jiu-jitsu is terrible. Honestly, it's, it's crap. Oh. Um, I have done a few sessions here or there with the guys at Absolute and... Um, I've trained, I think as well, because of um, because I'm coaching as many different gyms as I am now, I think it's good to kind of get a basic grasp of jiu-jitsu because obviously there's takedowns in wrestling that um, work really, really well for putting someone in the back. But for example, like an arm spin in wrestling, like you can throw people, but there's a good chance you get your back taken if you try that with a, like a high-level um, BJJ competitor. So it's, it's good to understand like fundamentally how jiu-jitsu works to teach to be more effective to coach wrestling for jiu-jitsu as well so um i have done a little bit here and there but nothing to the extent that you guys would train <laughs> cool and what about and the, you uh, met- sorry go, you go, 
Uh, I was just going to say, you mentioned MMA. Like, I think there's no doubt that wrestling has really, all people with the the good wrestling games have very much dominated in MMA recently, especially in the UFC. I mean, do you see that translating here in Australia that maybe wrestling will become more popular or, or um, anything I hope like so. that? Um, d- definitely. Um, I think we're getting a bit more exposure through MMA, which is ideal. Obviously, exposure is one of the biggest issues we got. Um, even to the extent that you got um, some quite high-profile Australian MMA fighters who are now competing and wrestling to help their MMA. Like um, we get Rob Whitaker's competed a bunch of competitions, and like some of the other high-level local guys are now starting to compete quite regularly. So I, again, it, it does really help to boost the profile of the sport. Um, and I, I agree that wrestling is important for MMA, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Like for me personally, I find um, to be able to be able to wrestle properly, I need to close the distance. So against really effective strikers or control distance, it's really really hard to get takedowns. It's not necessarily like case of okay, I'm just going to go double leg everyone and then get them to the ground and win easily. It's like there's a it's, it's mixed martial arts, so there's more than just one discipline that you need to kind of be well versed in, I guess. Yeah. What are your sure. goals for like MMA? Do you like I don't, um, I don't know a lot about you, unfortunately, brother. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, how good. Have you been fighting already? Do you have fights coming up? Do you want to go all so, the way? Yeah. yeah. Uh, t- to be honest, I, I've got no expectations when it comes to MMA, and that's kind of how I started wrestling. Like I was just a kid, and I was like, "Oh well, cool. I enjoy it. I'll I'll train until it's not fun anymore." And then, yeah, twenty years later, I end up making a Commonwealth game. So like, the sky's the limit. Uh, I guess Ooh. if you don't kind of put that expectation on yourself. Yeah. Um. But for the minute, um. I only really started training during lockdown, so my striking is terrible, my jiu-jitsu is terrible. The only thing I've got really is, is my wrestling to rely on. Um, so I've signed up for a novice in our club this month, and that'll be like the first kind of test in the waters to see how I go. Cool. Um, maybe it, towards the end of the year, look for an amateur fight or something like that, but I, I need to be a lot fitter and a lot better at the actual the rest of MMA than just the wrestling (laughs) it's interesting that you think you're not fit because in my experience (laughs) wrestling is probably one of the most grueling sports out there like it's something that you know wrestlers are probably the fittest athletes Mm. in the olympic teams um so are you sort of just being humble here or like um i'm I'm probably not competition ready at the minute that's (laughs) probably the biggest issue um as well as that my weight's been a bit kind of all over the place in the last few years. So I done when I done the Commonwealth Games, I was competing at seventy four kilos, and right now I'm ninety. Um, and before lockdown, I was up at ninety six because I was trying to qualify for the Olympics at ninety seven. So I've been kind of all over the place. And I guess with like trying to bulk up a bit, my cardio has dropped off a fair bit. It was more focused on like just gaining as much size as possible in like a short period of time. Mm. So um, coming back to MMA now, I, I'm probably looking at competing at seventy seven kilos if if I was to book a fight. Yeah. So it's me now starting to try and get my weight down for that and get like my cardio back to where it used to be to be able to compete. So yeah. as I say, at the moment, I'm, I'm definitely not anywhere near where I should be. Um, but it's, it's not to say that I can't get a, real, a decent amount of training again. And what's the... But how did... Oh. Sorry, you go. Go, Anton. Wrestling in Scotland fascinates me because yeah. um, that's where you started. And uh, like I've never heard of Scotland as a wrestling nation. Like I yeah. but maybe not. Uh, maybe I'm just like under living under a rock or something, but you know, it's like, is there a big scene over there? How did you discover nah, it? <clears throat> it's pretty much the same as what you get in Australia. Like in terms of participation numbers and like the level is, is very, very similar. Um, I think 
probably the one advantage Scotland has is because we're in Europe, we're like a three or four flight. You can be in Russia and you know what I mean? You compete against some of the best guys in the world, whereas right. any kind of decent level of competition in Australia, you're flying maybe seven, eight hours before you're actually getting anywhere that's good. Yeah. Um, but nah, Scotland's pretty terrible when it comes to wrestling as well. <laughs> Um, and so speaking of Australia in wrestling, like, are there any up and comers that are, you know, potentially going to, oh, we're going to yep. see, see their names in lights soon. And, and yeah, how yeah. are we, how are we looking for the Olympics? Like you mentioned it earlier, will yeah. we be sending any representatives? What, what no, does that mean for us? So this year, um, unfortunately no one qualified at the African trial. Um, but again, because, Due to COVID, we didn't send like our strongest team. We 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 did send a couple of very good wrestlers, but um, we'd have probably had a better chance. Like again, if you stack the divisions, you got more chance to, to win, obviously. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like um, Commonwealth Games, you usually tend to find we're normally pretty strong because um, we get a lot of like uh, international uh, competitors, like mostly from like Iran and and yeah, those kind of countries. Um, who'll get their citizenship and then you tend to find during the Commonwealth Games years because we don't have to do like a world qualifier or anything like that or um, divisions actually get quite deep in Australia so in nationals the year before Commonwealth Games tend to be quite big and you tend to get a lot of really good matches there um, we do have a few good up and coming wrestlers uh, the guy from Perth called Tom Barnes he's he's the next 97 kilo wrestler that's kind of up and coming he'd be wanting to watch over the next couple of years um, and another good mate of mine, Jaden Lawrence, who done the, the Commonwealth Games in 2014-2018. Um, he's another one to watch. He, at the minute, pound for pound in Australia, he's probably the best wrestler we have. Um, he's still got a good few years left in him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he qualified for the next Olympics. So will the Commonwealth Games be next year at this rate? I mean, I um, wonder, who knows? The I Olympics so. might be yeah. next year at this rate as well. Who knows what's going on with yeah. those Tokyo Olympics? They're meant yeah. to be in like three months, but uh, yeah, not yeah. sure. Well, honestly, I have no idea. Like with the, um, so like with the Tokyo Olympics, as see, I was, I was due to go to the African qualifier for it, and it was initially meant to be last year. So I had, um, I, I'd paid my flights, paid my accommodation, and it got cancelled three days before the tournament was due to start. Wow. And um, of course, because insurance doesn't cover pandemics, I lost all my travel and accommodation money. So yeah, it was it was a very uh, pretty bitter pill to swallow. But I mean, it's, the way I look at it is, there's people worse off due to COVID than than I am. So if I lose a bit of money, I will. But at least I'm still so, healthy, that, happy. I've got work. Is that how you dealt with it? Like, like I am. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's a lot of money yeah. to lose. I'm guessing. And yeah, know, yeah. If, I suppose, like, if I didn't think of it that way, I'd probably cry every night, not cry myself <laughs> to sleep, and then, like... <laughs> what about yeah. you flew to Russia, or you said you could fly to Russia. Did you ever compete in mm. Russia against the best? And- um, yeah, uh, probably not against the best. Like, once or twice when I was a kid, maybe I would, I would have been 12 or 13, I think, the first time I went there. I was flying to um, Russia, like, competing. Yeah, yeah that was... It was crazy. Um, I remember, like one of the biggest takeaways. It was right before Christmas, and um, woke up one morning. There's just snow everywhere, and like being a bunch of kids that were on the team at the time, um, all we wanted to do was like wake up in the morning, and have like massive snowball fights. We couldn't care less about the wrestling. We're just like, oh well, cool. It's, we're in Russia. Our parents aren't here. Let's just go crazy for a bit. And then um, <laughs> turned up to the competition and got absolutely destroyed because they were just like so far ahead of us. Not in the <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not enough training in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but like, I, I have competed against some like very, very good wrestlers. Really, I think in um, 
in 2017, I'd done the World Championships in Paris and I drew Russia first round. So again, that was at 74 kilos and he, he absolutely destroyed me. Like he, he didn't even like get his second gear. It was just too easy wow. for him. And then um, later on that day, he went on, he, he won the silver medal, lost to Jordan Burroughs, who's one of the best wrestlers ever, obviously, and um, mm-hmm. almost beat him. So I was like, oh, cool. Lost to the second best wrestler in the world that day. I, I can cop that. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, something else, Connor, we probably should have done this at the very beginning, but um, you're a freestyle wrestler, yeah? Can you yeah, just explain true. for our listeners the difference between freestyle and Greco-Roman? Yep. So um, Greco-Roman's only upper body, so you can only attack with your upper body. You're not allowed to use any trips or sweeps or anything like that. And as well as that, the, your opponents obviously can't like shoot double legs and single legs, whereas freestyle, you, you're allowed to attack all parts of the body. Um, there is a, a difference in the scoring system with freestyle and Greco as well. So um, the way it works is if you go 10 points clear your, part, your opponent in a freestyle match, it's called technical superiority, so you win the match. Uh, whereas in Greco-Roman, it's only eight points because it's a little bit harder normally to get in and get like a bunch of moves off because everyone just locks up. Um, Greco kind of tends to be a battle of like whoever can get a decent grip first will normally win because they'll then start throwing people over the heads and all that sort of stuff. Whereas freestyle, you don't tend to get as many like really high amplitude throws and all that sort of stuff. So would you say freestyle would be more applicable to jiu-jitsu or does Greco-Roman also have its place, would you say? Yeah, they both definitely have the places, but um, I, I feel like as you going back to the, the ADCC um, takedown stats that I was talking about earlier, your most common takedown for jiu-jitsu was double legs. So I, I find that like freestyle would probably be a little bit better for jiu-jitsu. But again, there is definitely like merit to training in both then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And what would, and- what would, you, recommend, what would you recommend for um, like people wanting to look at wrestling, get into wrestling, and even like whether or not it's their kids or their adults and they're thinking about trying something like wrestling, do you advise it? Is it a rabbit hole people should go down? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's funny because... Um, a lot of the times when I do my warm-ups and gyms, um, we, we do a lot of gymnastics. And I think one of the biggest things that put people off is um, gymnastics in the warm-up. But um, I find that if you can do that sort of stuff, like it helps you, like you learn to break fall, you, your coordination improves, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And once people actually get in trial class, like as long as you can deal with kind of the intensity, I guess, um, it's, it's not that difficult to pick up like I, I know i'm speaking from experience i've got a lot more experience than most people but like it's it's generally quite a safe sport mm. um I, I have seen some some bad injuries and stuff but it's normally from people who are inexperienced trying to do moves that are like way beyond what they're capable of yeah um you tend to find like at, at the high level you don't really see too many injuries because people know how they should break fall, how they should move if they've been thrown, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, like the, the, the way that I look at it, it, like it's generally, I think, pretty safe because it's a sport. Um, to me, wrestling is not really a martial art because like when I think of martial arts, I'm thinking like you either use joint manipulation to make someone submit or you're looking to knock them out with striking. Whereas in wrestling, it's, it's more about control without hurting someone. Yeah. So as yeah, at the top level, you tend not to find a lot of injuries. You don't really see a lot of people getting choked out or anything like that. It's more just about um, trying to look technically nice and be able to control someone with good technique rather than just like brute strength all the time. If nice. that kind of makes sense. It'd be similar to jujitsu, I guess, because really, yeah, yeah. I think the most injuries happen for people at white and blue belt. You don't yep, see definitely. as many people getting injured at black belt level yep. because maybe they've got that body awareness or they just know how to control, yeah. like you said, themselves yeah. and their opponent a lot more yep. so 
I know for myself as a female, sometimes that is what is a little bit off-putting to coming mm-hmm. into a wrestling class, if you yeah. don't mind me saying, the idea yeah, yeah. of being like a small person amongst all these big brutes yeah, who are potentially going to injure you. Like, yeah. What would you say to someone that is maybe a smaller male or, or a female or whatever that was looking to come in that maybe has that worry about going into yeah. a wrestling environment? Like, What would you say? Uh, I think the biggest thing, if you do have any concerns, just speak to your coach. Like your, your coach is there to help you progress and um the, the, me personally as a coach the last thing I want to see is anyone getting injured so um, again going back to my warm-ups I do do a lot of gymnastics and some of it like if you've never done it before it can be quite intimidating but um, the first thing I say to people is if you don't understand what I'm doing I'm ask I'm happy to break it down and show it again and even then if you don't feel comfortable we'll work on something else like there's absolutely no need to go out and try stuff that you don't feel comfortable with so again if I, I think most coaches are pretty good that way if, if you just have a chat with them be like look this is kind of scare me. Can can we maybe break it down or like go back to basics? Then um, I, I don't have any problem with that. Obviously, I mean, the, the the probably the only thing that's out of like the coach's control would be if you've got like maybe ten pairs on a mat and you got like a massive size difference difference between two of the pairs and they end up running into each other mid roll. But like again, we try and do our best to split it up as as evenly as possible and make sure nothing like that happens. But um. I think, uh, generally speaking, I think most wrestling classes would be pretty safe, um, especially if you've got a good instructor that you trust. And what, tell me about a bit about the culture when you're kind of coaching people. What kind of culture do you get in the class? Like, what kind of coach are you, I guess? And then yeah. what, what are you looking for? Is it is it all about just having fun and getting fit? Or is yeah. it more like destroy each other? Or like- <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's... Because um, the major the majority of my coaching is in MMA gym, so I get like a really max mixed bag of abilities. Um, I guess there's no kind of one size fits all. So like you can tell the guys who want to compete seriously in their chosen sports. So you kind of if you like the way I look at it is if I'm showing a double leg, I'll show them like if I'm showing a double leg for someone who competes at high level jujitsu, um, the finisher show would be like you want to pass guard as soon as you're like getting the takedown you don't want to get stuck in closed guard and then move on from there or if you're um if you're looking to do a wrestling for mma like i want to give you entries where you're not going to get punched on the way in or like all that sort of stuff yeah. um but i tend to find like a lot of the classes it's it's normally beginner so like like you say it's more about just making it fun um i, I like to really focus on maybe like one two or three techniques throughout a class um, especially as a beginner class, I'll probably stick to one and just really break down the technique into different stages where um, they feel comfortable going from point A to point B and then they, they can like kind of keep that in their mind and the next time come in like slowly start to build that progression up. So it's not, um, th- there are a few guys that I coach that will compete in wrestling, but for the majority, it's more about just um, really having strong basics in wrestling so that you can go out and spar and not get hurt. Like that's my kind of thinking behind it. Awesome. Thank you, man. And you mentioned yeah. about your warm-ups. Like, can you yep. tell us, like, some examples of the sort of things that you would do in the warm-ups that yeah. are scaring people? Yeah, so, um, I, I, again, the warm-ups are sort of like how I run the rest of the class. So it starts pretty easy. You'll go through, like, forward rolls, backward rolls, um, rolling through your shoulders, all that sort of stuff. And then um, as you progress, it kind of goes towards, like, head springs, hand springs, um, round-offs. Um, if, if I'm doing a full warm-up, I'll, I'll do a round-off and then backflip out of the round off but again it's not a lot of people are capable of that so um i i do like even on the more complicated stuff i can break it down where you progress so it's like um for example like a head swing if you've never done before i'll start on hands and knees and i'll just get someone to jump like jump in a headstand 
um, fall over and land in like a back bridge. And, that, and then from there, once they get comfortable on the bridge, you can start pushing through the floor and then try and lift you back to your feet and all that sort of stuff. Um, but again, there's with my class, and I think with most of the guys that coach wrestling, there's never any pressure put on to try stuff that you just don't feel comfortable with. But the, like in jiu-jitsu, for example, you know, we do hip escapes, forward rolls, backward rolls, yeah. and then eventually we find out, oh, that does apply to BJJ in some yeah, way, yeah. right? But in the start, I didn't go together for a couple of years. Yeah. But like do... Roundoffs, backflips, handsprings, do these have an application in wrestling or is it um, just fun? No, definitely, definitely. So like to use that example of the headspring, when you start in your hands, uh, headstand and fall over into your bridge, obviously if you don't want to get pinned, you want to keep your shoulders off the ground. Sometimes you will get thrown that way in a match and you have to land with your shoulders up. If your shoulders hit the ground, you're going to get pinned. I see. Um, another, yeah, and another kind of good example in that is um, for a single leg defense, if you're your legs being elevated really high and you don't have any option to like sprawl or like break their posture, you can try and backflip out of the leg attack. Yeah. Um, I actually tried that in the Commonwealth Games and landed on my head, so I wouldn't really advise. <laughs> so don't try that. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you've done the head spring work before. So yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I think it comes together. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask if there's things like if people are feeling a bit nervous about coming to class, if they can do on their own before they come to sort of warm yep. them up. But it sounds like you're, you're saying that they don't need to be fully proficient by the time they get there. You'll... Yeah. modify the techniques etc yeah people. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and other um, coaches would be similar yeah yeah definitely definitely i think um probably the only thing i would say that might be a bit of extra benefit would be like next strength and exercise so if you if you've never done a wrestling class before you might want to learn to like do some basic bridging so starting on your hands and knees just forehead on the ground rolling back and forward side to side maybe like 10 15 times and then when you're comfortable with that like lift your knees up to put a little bit more pressure on your neck and then working some back bridges and stuff but other than that it's um we we do kind of cover a lot of that with the gymnastics and then um depending on time uh like most of my classes go for an hour so i tend not to stretch too much but if i had a bit more time i would like go through a full body stretch and all that sort of stuff as well let's talk competition mindset like done a lot of competing and our, a lot of our listeners compete. Yep. Uh, a lot of our listeners are coming up for uh, the state championships. Yep. And I, I imagine that a wrestling match is like one of the things I love about wrestling, which I don't think BJJ has, is you guys compete like every, well, in America at least, like every yep. weekend. It's like basketball, you know, it's yep. like one after another. So it's a great opportunity to build. We don't have that kind of privilege yep. really. Um, but how do you... How do you deal with leading up to a comp and comp day and just that moment before you step out on the, whatever it's called, the circle? I don't know what it's yeah. called. Just I think it's the mat as well, yeah. Into the flat cage. I'm not sure what you call it. <laughs> um, to, to be honest, like, it's, it's something that I struggled with for a long time was um, was match day nerves. Um, and for, for years and years, like I couldn't eat the morning I used to compete. And, and this is after competing for like 10, 15 years as well. This wasn't just like as a, a beginner. I think everyone gets nervous, but um, yeah. So like uh, I actually spent a bit of money on a sports psychologist to help me get through that. And kind of the biggest piece of advice he gave me that really helped was like, um, at the end of the day, the results only really matter to you. So when I started competing for Australia, I felt like a lot of pressure, like, oh, um, Australian wrestling is pick me to represent this level so i need to get some results and then um the way the kind of the psychologist broke it down to me was like well if if you go there and you get beaten were you still the best person they could have sent it's like yeah 
probably. And it's like, all right, so um, if you go there and you lose, like, do your parents still love you? Like, do your friends and family still support you? It's like, yeah, I guess. It's like, so at the end of the day, the only person the result really matters to is you. And he said to me, um, if you go out there and you know you, there's nothing more that you could have done to um, to to get the best result possible, then like you, you can't be angry with that. And like just that sort of line of thinking like really helped me. But um, in terms of competition days, um, I like to have a bit of routine, like three or four days leading up to it. So I'll eat um, specific foods that I know will sit well in my stomach. Um, so probably wouldn't go out and have like a steak the night before I compete. Like I'd, I'd have like maybe pasta, something that's going to give me some energy. Um, if I'm doing big weight cuts, like I've got my meal prep for after weigh-ins all sorted and all that sort of stuff. I know how much I should be rehydrating and what kind of time frame that should all be happening. In. And then um, when I get to the competition, like I try and keep my mind off competing as much as possible up until maybe like I start warming up for the individual matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try and spend time with like make that I train with or like if my girlfriend comes to watch I'll just chill with her and talk talk crap until I have to like actually get ready to compete um I, I think it's a bit different in Australia as well because um because wrestling is quite a small um sport in Australia I think we only know like we've had a few more this year because we've got a few guys who are starting to put a little bit of money behind comps and stuff but um for the the majority of the time that I've been wrestling in Australia we normally only get three or four comps a year so mm. um I think being exposed to that kind of competition environment really, really helps with the nerves. Yeah. But unfortunately, we like we don't have that chance here. Whereas, like you say, in America, they're competing pretty much every week. So I, I think that's probably one of the biggest disadvantages here is we don't get a lot of exposure to it. And my, my thinking behind it is like, if, if I've got guys who have never competed before, I try and encourage them to come as much competitions as possible. Um, regardless of the results, like just getting that experience, I know, help them deal with it later down the line when they want to take it a bit more seriously as well. Mm. And what is a wrestling competition? It's uh, two three-minute rounds? Yeah, Three, three right. three-minute yeah. rounds? How does it go? Yeah. yeah. So um, your typical match is there's two three-minute rounds for um, freestyle, and I, I think it's the same in Greco, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then the scoring system is if I take you from standing and you land on your back, I get four points. If I take you from standing to either like flat on your stomach or in um, turtle, um, as long as I've taken the back, so we're not north-south, that's two points. Um, if we're on ground, every time I roll you through your shoulders, it's two points. And then if I go 10 points clear of you at any point in the match, I win. So the score could be like 14-4. Um, they don't just stop as soon as someone hits 10. It can go over that as long as you're 10 points clear by the time the match is stopped. Um, as well as that, the other ways you can win would be um, by pin. So the pins work by having someone on the back um, and then we've got three referees on the map and the way the pins work is um, it's not a specific time you have to hold someone for. The referees will literally look and as soon as someone's both shoulders are on the map, um, the referee in the center will hold his hand up, say, like, oh, right, I think I saw the pin and he'll look for confirmation from either to the other two match judges. Um, if he doesn't get confirmation within a couple of seconds, he'll turn back and watch the, the match again. Uh, but if he does get that confirmation from one of the other judges that are on the side of the mat, he'll call it straight away. So a lot of people think it's like in, in pro wrestling where it's like a three count. Nah, it, as soon as two shoulders touch and two referees see that, that's the end of the match. Uh-huh. And obviously, obviously um, if you go your two, three minutes and the score is like five, four, whoever's got the most points in the match will win there as well. And that, that's pretty much it for the scoring. Would you call wrestling, and, and this, this may seem like an obvious question, but... Yeah. 
and because it's in the Olympics and Commonwealth Games, etc. But would you call wrestling a spectator sport? Is it a good spectator sport? Would you would people choose the wrestling over I don't know watching a footy match or something like that? Um, Is it- it, it's quite hard to say. I, I guess it depends where you're from as well, because um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with knowing the rules. If if you know the rules, it, it's really interesting to watch. But I think where a lot of people get lost is like they just have no idea what's happening with it. Um, obviously, you see someone getting like thrown over your head, like it's, it's obviously it's going to look good. It'll draw a crowd, yeah. but um, it doesn't happen as much as probably most people would expect. Okay. Um, and and again, like really technical wrestling, like it's it's very hard to follow because it is quite quick, like a, a fast pace. Mm. Um, so it looks like there could be points here, there, and everywhere. But then at the end of the day, it could be like a one-zero score because like people have done different things that um, not a lot of people would expect. Yeah. Um, but again, like if, if you go to Iran, um, they have competitions every week, even like local competitions, you probably get like thousand, 2000 people coming up to watch. Um, and in Germany, they've got a professional league. So the, the Bundesliga, which is like the, um, the soccer, um, even in like their fourth division, which is probably the level that I would be, or third or fourth division would be where I'd be able to compete there. Mm-hmm. You probably get like four or 5,000 people turning up every Friday night to watch it. So again, it depends where you are. Um, I suppose a bit of the culture for wrestling in that country has a lot to do with it as well. Right. Oh, awesome. I think we're nearly out of time. Uh, I did the intro. Anton, are you happy to do the outro? Yeah, or? I would. I would love to do the outro. I have one more question. Um, weight cuts. Weight cuts. Yep. <laughs> If you talk about weight cutting, BJJ has a pretty, like our weight cutting, we can't rehydrate. The, we, yep. uh, we weight cut and we, we weigh in and then we go on the mats. Is it the yep. same in wrestling or do you get a day so, before and then you? Yeah, it, it changed um, It changed in 2018. So again, when I've done the Commonwealth Games, like all these weight cut changes came into effect. So I actually started um, started the qualification. We had the day before rain. So I had like a full, probably like 18 hours to rehydrate. So when I was cutting to 74, I'd maybe walk around like 87 or 88 kilos and then cut to 74, obviously. And I could rehydrate. I'd probably be walking on the mat maybe 81, 82 kilos the next day. So probably like 68 kilos heavier than what the weight division actually was. Wow. And then um, halfway through a qualification, it changed to day of weighing. So you only had two hours. So of course that took out the water cut and all that stuff. Mm. So when I'd done the, the final cut for the Commonwealth Games, I'd done, I think it was... 13 kilos over seven weeks without any um, dehydration. And that was one of the hardest cuts I've ever had to do. Like it was, it was shocking. Um, yeah. Had mood swings and just Rocky wasn't a nice corner. person to be around while I was cutting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then as I see, after, um, after I done the Commonwealth, I was like, nah, stuff this. I'm, I'm going to go off again. I, I'm never cutting weight again. Well, but, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's similar to just, you know, I, we don't get weighed right before we step on the mat. So, you might think guys would be maybe a kilo heavier than what they were in, but that's just that's it won't make a difference on the day of competition, I don't think. Thank you so much. That's a lot. Jeez. I really feel like we got to learn. I, I did I know Kim's done quite a lot of wrestling, but I got to learn to really. wrestling today. You're an absolute pleasure. You obviously haven't been cutting weight, not because you look fat, but because you're a really <laughs> pleasant guy to have on the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, thanks very much, guys. Part of what we do with sharing, and uh, I, I look forward to being coached by you one day for a couple of rounds. Yeah, Excellent. No, he, he no, has lots of classes, all the, yeah. all the venues. And, um, yeah, just quickly before we go, I didn't mention at the beginning, but I pay in the background for our listeners or yes. viewers some wrestling. So I had to make sure, actually, that I put in Olympic wrestling when I yep. YouTubed it because otherwise if you just put wrestling, it's like you were saying you get the – the WWE stuff yeah. most of the time come yeah. up. So. It's funny. I didn't notice that before. Um, the guy in the background in the red, he actually beat me in the Commonwealth Games. If I'd known that, I wouldn't be playing this. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you again for joining us. That was no, awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll have this out in probably a couple of weeks. So if you could share it on your networks, that would be yep, great. Definitely. We're trying to grow our listener base beyond uh, just the jiu-jitsu community. But thank you for being a part of the jiu-jitsu community. And we're all grapplers and we're all there together. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Yep, Hopefully definitely. see you soon. Thanks. Peace. See ya. Bye. See you guys. Thanks. Bye.